This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Austin Real Estate Investing. This is Jordan Moorhead here coming to you today with Rod Cleef. He's going to tell us all about his experience investing in real estate and how he lost $50 million, came back for that, and is thriving now here today. Hey, Rod, how are you? Good, buddy. I'm, I'm, let's have some fun today. Looking forward to chatting with you. I'm excited. And your, and your Austin peeps. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I know a lot about you. I've listened to a lot of your podcasts, a lot of your your oh, thank media you. that you do. And I know people who've spoken at your conference, but could you mm -hmm. tell our listeners who you are and how you're involved with real estate? Sure, investing? sure, sure. If you've, if you've never stumbled across my stuff, then uh, if you have, I apologize. I'll try to be as brief as I can here. But um, so let me tell you a little story because it ties into what I think we're going to talk about today. Um, so I'm an immigrant. I was born in the Netherlands, you know, wooden shoes and windmills and immigrated when I was six years old uh, with my brother, Albert, my mother's Vancha. And we ended up in Denver, Colorado, and we really struggled initially. In fact, uh, you know, I remember eating expired food, shopping at an expired food store with my mom. I remember drinking powdered milk with our cereal in the morning. And I wore clothes in the Goodwill and the Salvation Army all the way through junior high school till I finally got a job and bought my own clothes. And, you know, you may have listeners that had it harder than I did, but I knew I wanted more than that. And luckily, my mom had an incredible work ethic. So she babysat kids so we'd have enough money to eat. And she was an entrepreneur with her babysitting money. I mean, we always had a house full of kids, but she was investing. And, um, you know, with her babysitting money, she actually invested in the stock market successfully. And she also invested in real estate. And her first real estate acquisition was a house directly across the street from us, from a family that we knew named the Jewels. And when I was 14, she paid about 30 grand for it. Now, when I was uh, 17, she told me she'd made $20,000 in her sleep that had gone up in value that much. I'm like, what? You made 20 grand? You didn't do anything? Screw college. I'm getting into real estate. So I went out and got my real estate broker's license right when I turned 18, which you could do back then with education. And you know, now they got smart. You need some experience before you can be a broker. But I was a broker. I could have my own office and everything. Well, my first year in real estate, I made about eight to 10 grand. My second year, maybe 10 to 12 grand. Again, this is 44 years ago, so, but I'm close here. But the third year, I made over $100,000. So what happened, that back in 1980, that was pretty good money. So what happened between year two and year three that caused me to 10X my income? Well, what happened was I met a guy I was actually dating. I was a guy I went to work for. He was another broker. I was smart enough to realize I wasn't going to do my own office. I went and I was dating his daughter. And he taught me about the importance of mindset and psychology, how 80 to 90% of your success in anything is just that your mindset and your psychology. And, you know, fast forward to today, I've owned 2000 houses that I've rented long-term in three States. Um, I now own thousands of apartment units. Um, in 2006, my net worth went up $17 million while I slept. And you might say, wow. And I said, wow. And I did the math on that. It's like $8,300 an hour for the year on a 40-hour work week. And of course, if you held still long enough, I, I told you about it. And I got a head so big that I could barely fit it through a door. I thought I was a freaking real estate god. And you know, when that happens, God of the universe will swoop down and give you a nice little smack. Well, that was 2008. That's when I lost $50 million. And... So, um, 
you know, one of the things that I'm known for talking about and, and why my podcast has been so successful. In fact, we just broke 13 million downloads and had my 700th episode within the last 30 days, which is just mind blowing to me. But but I'm known for talking about mindset and psychology. And, you know, I've got I've got students all over the country and, and they're also super successful because I incorporate this mindset and psychology conversation into my boot camps with my coaching and everything else. And, and in fact, let me brag for a minute. Uh, my Students now own, I believe, in excess of 70,000 units, and I've only been teaching wow. less than five years, and I'm super proud of that. Um, but, I mean, next to my kids, I think I'm most proud of that. But but anyway, yeah, if you want to drill down on some of this, be happy to elaborate on some of these strategies. Yeah, so uh, you, you kind of talked about what got you into real estate investing. You saw the power for your mom, mm-hmm. um, but then you, you, you had, would you say, 2,000 houses at one point? Yeah. How, when did you? No, 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 no. 2000 over a period of time. Um, Mm. in 2008, I had 800 houses. Okay. Okay, I had several apartment complexes and it was the houses that pulled me down. In fact, that's why I started my podcast to share that story. Let me explain how it happened. So I had 800 houses, uh, in Florida and Florida has no state income tax. Property taxes are higher, which impacts what cash flow. I also had properties in wind and flood zones that have higher insurance, which impacts cash flow. Uh, in fact, my houses were two hours north of me, two hours south of me, and everywhere in between uh, along the coast of Gulf Coast of Florida. And what really killed me is these were C-class houses. Okay, you know, there's A, B, C, and D. D's the hood. Stay out of the hood. Trust me. Ask me how I know. <laughs> but 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 uh, but. Um, but these were C-class houses. So, you know, they're older. It's a tougher demographic. They're harder on the properties. Okay. So lots of maintenance. And so if I had to send a maintenance guy to one of my apartment complexes, everything's the same. Appliance parts are the same. HVAC parts, the, the door locks, the windows, the, you know, uh, everything's the same. So you could stockpile parts and they're in and out in an hour. Well, if I had to send one to one of my houses and it's an hour, hour and a half away, one way, then they've got to go see what's wrong because every house is different, obviously. Then they, you know, got to go find a Home Depot or a Lowe's where we have an account. And I don't know about you, Jordan, but when Rod tries to fix something, he ends up going to Home Depot more than once. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that happens with maintenance guys as well. And so, you know, what took an hour at one of my apartment complexes took all day at one of my 800 houses. So these things, even though I was only at a 30% loan to value, I was not over leveraged. They still did not cash flow well. Okay. But then the kind of the coup de gras, you know, the, the, the final straw was I didn't pay attention to tenant demographics back then. Okay. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't care if they had a good job, they had good income, you know, their credit wasn't complete crap. Then I let them rent. Well, I discovered that I had a lot of people that were in the contracting business, plumbers, electricians, drywallers, painters, roofers, and that fell off a freaking cliff in 2008 and nine. They didn't have work. And so, you know, and and so it just it just imploded. Uh, But what's interesting is my portfolio actually dropped more than 70 percent. I went upside down. That's how far it dropped here. So it was kind of crazy. But 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 here's the reason I started my podcast is my multifamily did just fine through all that. Yeah, it pulled back, but it would have easily survived. Except Rod, in his infinite wisdom, thought he could, you know, save a little money and and cross collateralize packages of houses with my apartment complexes to save 50 basis points, you know, half percent interest thinking I was brilliant. And so the whole thing, you know, imploded. And, um, you know, like, for example, now we, we, we bought a, a 296 unit asset in San Antonio, really nice asset, been killing it. And 
I literally looked where every single person that rented there worked and I gauged the recession resistance of that employment. And we could talk about recession in a minute because I actually think the soup is going to hit the fan. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very bearish. Uh, I met with my, um, I, I, I also host a mastermind. It's the largest of its kind, I think. It's called the Multifamily Boardroom. And we met in Houston last week. And I'm uh, sorry, week before last. And, um, and there was a lot of discourse around this upcoming recession. And, and I was probably one of the more bearish people there. I really think it's going to be this, this, this is going to be a bigger crash than people think. And uh, definitely going to see some pain with bridge debt. Um, and we can drill down on that as well. But, um, but anyway, you know, that's why I imploded back then. And that's why I started my podcast was just to tell people, if you're going to buy and hold real estate, for God's sakes, do multifamily, don't do single family. It's just, it's easier. It's quicker to scale. It's safer, mm-hmm. you know, on and on. Sure. Uh, one thing before we move on to talking about that, cause I do want to talk about, you know, why not single family anymore? Why are you mm-hmm. just doing multifamily? And you emphasize stay out of the hood. And I know so many people that just rave about, Hey, I'm making so much money in the hood. Why yeah. do you say stay out of the Okay, well, listen, let me just put it to you like this, okay? I've had people killed in my properties, around my properties, behind my properties. I've had, I've had, I bought a block and they cut holes in the front door to pass the crack through. I bought, uh, on this same block, they blocked off the end of the street with concrete pillars to slow down the drug traffic. Not stop it, just slow it down a little bit, okay? <laughs> you don't need that brain damage. I'm just telling yeah. you. You just don't need it. It's so much more work. It's not worth the extra cash flow. And there's no freaking exit strategy. Only only bottom feeders are going to buy them. So why bother? Honestly, it's like, you know, I may get some hate and political correctness pushback on this. And I don't care, honestly. Bottom line, I'm talking about making investments and not, you know, do, and doing it prudently and carefully. And it's like, why why go through that? And, and I learned the hard way. I mean, I did quite a few properties in very tough areas. I, I will tell you this. I bought houses in Memphis, three bedroom, two bath houses, 1,500 square feet for $1,500, $3,000, $5,000, $8,000. And I regret every single one of them because they were a nightmare. Okay. Life's too freaking short. So yes, you can go make some quick money there, but you're going to get in, pulled in. You're going to be engrossed in it. You're going to be stressed out by it. You're going to work a lot harder for it. And I'm just going to tell you, it's going to slow down your ability to scale. And when I tell you opportunity is coming, I hope you're listening because it is absolutely coming right now if you're ready for it um you know you I'll, I'll tell you how you can come to my boot camp later if you want i've got one coming the end of july but the bottom line is if you're interested in this business at all now is the time to get up to speed as fast as possible because i really believe there's going to be exponential opportunity coming if you're ready uh you know like warren buffett says be be fearful when others are greedy well the last few years there's been a lot of greed and a lot of bridge debt and a lot of crazy deals done we scratching our heads and we see what some of these properties trade for you know, just there's no way they're going to be okay. And but but be greedy when others are fearful and the fear is coming and it's already started. And so, you know, I'm rubbing my hands together. I'm in I'm in some cash right now. I'm excited about that. But if there was ever a time to learn multifamily, it's right now. Love it. So on to my next question. So you lost all of that in 2008. You said you the right. apartments got pulled down by the single family. Right. Um, actually. Oddly enough, you have a very similar story to a friend of mine, and I'll I'll talk about that later off air with you if you want to. Okay. The single family pulled down your apartments. It all got Mm -hmm. taken out. You lost $50 million. What did that look like, and how did you get 
back into real estate because I, I sure. know people who lost it all in 2008 and it's not easy mentally. Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Well, I people killed themselves for losing less than I did proportionally, not just in 2008-9, but also in the Great Depression. Uh, you, you, you average out the money, value of the money back then. There were people jumping off buildings for losing less than I lost. So it's not easy. I mean, I thought I was set for life, honestly. And, uh, you know, and it was really rough, but this is really what I teach. And luckily, you know, I was in an environment. So there were a lot of factors that come into play into how to get past something like this. And so the first thing is, you know, if you come to my boot camp, the first thing we do is goal setting. I call it on steroids, okay, for the first hour and a half, because how the hell do you get anything if you don't know what it is? You got to know what it is you want with clarity and why you want it, because you've got to create what uh, Napoleon Hill in his book, Think and Grow Rich, calls a burning desire, because you've got to be able to push through fear. You've got to be able to push through maybe limiting beliefs that you have. You've got to be able to get uncomfortable. You know, when I immigrated this country, I was six years old. I got thrown into school. I didn't speak English, found out what bullies were for the first time, got my butt kicked on a fairly consistent basis. Then my mom, proud Dutch woman that she has, thought it'd be a great idea to send me to school in wooden shoes and those leather shorts the Germans wear for Oktoberfest. Later, Hosen got my ass kicked again. Then the bullies would chase me home and she'd chase them off with a fly swatter and she thought she was helping me. And so you can imagine what the next day was like with the bullies. And so I came up with this belief system that I wasn't good enough. I used to ask myself, how can I show them I'm good enough? And a lot of people have these limiting belief systems. And there's a reason the acronym for belief systems is BS, because 99.9% .9 of them are, but they can really hold you back. And that's why this burning desire is so important. You gotta really juice yourself to go take action and push through stuff like that. Maybe you're comfortable as well. You know, and Jordan, we know the comfort zone is a nice warm place. We also know yeah. nothing freaking grows there, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's why, again, that's the first thing we do. So I, when this all happened in 2008, I reassociated with my goals. I got aligned with what I wanted and why I wanted it again, instead of focusing in the rearview mirror on what I lost. You know, it's human nature to focus on the negative. And so that's the second piece, focus. Now, if you're watching or listening to Jordan here, you're a leader. And right now, the world needs leaders more than ever. We won't talk about the politics and the crap that's going on in the media right now. But but if you're if you're taking that stuff in, that's what gets bigger, because whatever you focus on gets larger, positive or negative. So focus is critically important as well. And then peer group is another one. And you cut me off anytime you want here. But, you know, back then in 2008 and 9, I was in a mastermind. It was Tony Robbins Platinum Partnership. And I mean, I host my own mastermind. I just mentioned that now because I believe in masterminds in a big way. But, you know, that was like 130 grand back then. I think it's three times that now. But I was around people that were thriving through that crash. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, get up, you big puss, 50 million, schmillion, get up and go make that stuff happen. That's who you want to be around mm -hmm. in, in what's coming. You want to be around people that are going to push you and, and validate you and, and, and be congratulatory when you do well. And, and, you know, I was talking about my students a minute ago. Most of those 70,000 doors were done between students. And, you know, they're constantly praising each other and building together. And so, you know, get around people that aren't going to be afraid of your dreams. Be very, you know, what's sad is most people will default to a peer group they went to school with or that they work with. And they may, you know, out of their fear or their jealousy or their fear of losing you or their feel of fear of feeling like they may feel less than if you're successful, they may hold you back. So, and sometimes it's family. 
And so, you know, love that family, but choose your peers proactively because I, you show me your two people, your two best friends, I'll show you who you are in every aspect of your life. Because you are who you hang out with. Yeah. No, and, and we completely agree with that, or I completely agree with you there. So absolutely, you got to be around positive people. I think mm-hmm. when things start to get hairy in the media, which they have been for the last however many years, cut that crap out, you know, go yeah. watch positive things, be around positive people, listen to positive podcasts, and you'll yeah. absolutely be better off. And yeah, I, I do a clip every week on my podcast called Own Your Power. Mm-hmm. And it's just about that's five minutes, there's music. I'm really proud of them. I've got hundreds of them there. You know, I hope you'll check it out. It's called Lifetime Cash Flow Through Real Estate Investing. And, and you give me, even if you're not interested in multifamily, you give me five minutes a week, I will juice you. Okay. I will get you going and get your butt up and go make, you know, get you juiced. And that's why you need goals too. So that, you know, you you jump out of bed, you grind for a few years, like most people won't. So you can live the rest of your life like most people can't. And that's why this, this stuff is so important. Absolutely. And I think being passionate about what you're doing, because you've got these big goals that you're pursuing makes life so much more enjoyable. Well, not just that, not just that. If you've got these big goals and, and the, the other piece is you want to play to your strengths as well, because multifamily specifically is a team sport, you know, and there are lots of different hats that people can wear in this business. And if you are playing to your strengths, not only will, will you love it, and not only will you become good at it, but you will be passionate. You said passionate. You will be passionate about it. And you're going to have to influence people in this business. And if you're passionate, that influence is effortless because people, they can sense it. They can see, you know, hopefully you can feel a little bit of my passion on here. I love, freaking, I freaking love what I'm doing. And so, you know, and so, um, you know, but, but people want to be around people that are passionate. And that's why playing to your strengths is another really critical piece. You know, some of the, some of the best, most successful partnerships I see in the multifamily space are someone that's analytical that helps with the underwriting along with someone that's super extroverted, that's building the relationships, investor relationships, broker relationships, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. So, and there are lots of other hats that can be worn in the business as well, but that's a pretty common um, scenario that I see in my interviews. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, I, I want to talk about, you know, recession is the hot word right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, it very, very, very likely they haven't said we're going through a recession yet. But Bank of America like, said we're in a technical recession already. Yeah, yeah. they, and they then, said it. And, and Powell said we are likely going to head into a recession when the head of the Fed says it. It's I think it's fairly assumed that it's going to happen. So exactly. But. You know, can you give our listeners, because you, you've gone through a couple of recessions, you come back from a really tough spot. Can right. you give our listeners some advice on how they can thrive and not just yeah. survive? So everybody's talking yeah. about how do I Absolutely. survive this thing? Let's thrive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, several things I just said, peer group, goals, focus, um, and, and um, listen, there some economists are saying this is going to be the greatest transfer of wealth we've seen in our lifetimes. Robert Kiyosaki says this is the this is going to be a bigger crash than 2008. I mean, okay, so so there are people, pretty knowledgeable people, saying that this is going to get ugly. And so you know, there are several things you can do to, to flourish. Okay, one, you got to get educated. If you're if you haven't come to let me let me throw my boot camp in there real quick, if you don't mind, Jordan. So I've got sure. three day boot camp coming up in Denver. It's live. It's the only live event I do a year. It, and I'll tell you how you can come for $197. And it's not a sales pitch. It's three days of training, okay, for $197. It is a no-brainer if you want to learn this business. And 
um, go to go to rodindenver.com or text my name Rod to seven two three four five. Now the price is almost double that now, but if you use the code, Rod, I'm going a little fast. I want to make sure you get this. So text Rod to seven two three four five and then use the code Rod Friend as one word, and then you come for one hundred ninety seven dollars. Comes with some awesome bonuses as well. Uh, bonuses are worth ten times the one ninety seven. It comes with my document library, which I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on, and comes with my uh, deal evaluator software that we use. Um, so so that comes with it. But listen, whether you come work with or train with me or not. Get up to speed. That's the number one thing. I mean, my boot camp's kind of a no-brainer. It's really more about the time than the money. Um, there's really inexpensive room blocks around there with the hotels, and so and and Denver is United's hub, so you can fly nonstop from anywhere. But um, but yeah, get up to speed. Whether it's with me or not, get up to speed right away. Because if you're trying to learn this thing in the depths of this, it's going to be too late. You need to be building relationships now. You need to be building alliances now. You need to know how to underwrite deals now. I mean, you need to get up to speed as fast as you possibly can. And so, um, so you know, if you can't come to my boot camp, then then you know, get around other people that are doing this. You know, go to your local meetings. I, mean, I know Austin's got some great groups you can sit yep. down with and get up to speed. So that's number one, get up to speed. Make And, and listen, if you can't make my boot camp, I did my goal setting workshop on New Year's Day this year. I do it every year at the first for people and I give it away and all that. And if if you go to rodslinks.com, it's at the bottom and it's with music. It's about an hour and 15 minutes. There's a guide you can download. So it's rodslinks, plural, rodsplurallinksplural.com. It's my link tree. And and let me, you know, do this with your spouse, do this with your kids if they're over 10 years old, because, you know, here's the sad thing, Jordan, people spend more time planning a freaking birthday party than they do designing their lives. This is designing yeah. your life. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and my goal setting is not like anything you have done before. I promise you it's, it's, it's very comprehensive. And so, you know, do that if you can't make the boot camp. but, uh, but, but get clear on what you want. You've got to have that burning desire. So you take action. So you push through fear because there's going to be fear. The news is going to say like they did in 08, 09, real estate's going to be terrible for 10 years. It's just a load of crap, but you can't, you got to be careful and moderate that in your own mind, recognize that real estate's an incredibly stable investment. In fact, multifamily rents exceeded 2006 levels within three years of the crash. That's how fast it bounced back. Even this COVID blip, you know, I thought this COVID could be the catalyst for the crash. And geez, I mean, we got we got hundreds of thousands of dollars in rent relief from our tenants that, that went out and applied for it. We helped them do it. Retail didn't get that. Office didn't get that. Warehouses didn't get that. You know, so, you know, so, you know, people need a place to live yeah. uh, and there's still a huge pent up demand. So, so, you know, it's, it's, um, but anyway, those, those are the things I would do right away. Manage your focus, get lined in on what you want, get educated uh, as fast as you can. Cause you know, I, again, in 2008, nine, I was hiding under a rock for a little while, you know, a <laughs> yeah, poking sure. out, you know, sure. to, licking my wounds. And if I hadn't been, I'd be on the back of my yacht right now, Jordan, because there was exponential money made back then. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to, you know, I got crushed by that wave. I'm surfing this one, brother. <laughs> yeah. Love it. So speaking of getting crushed, and, and I think this is more of a hypothesis or a theory than anything, but there's a lot of people with bridge debt out there. And if Really quickly, could you explain to our yeah. listeners that don't know what bridge debt is? You bet. 
Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community, and now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. You bet. I'm actually working on a presentation for that literally right now. I just pulled it up on my computer. So what is bridge debt? Bridge debt is, is, is it it was, it was, it's, is really, it's the hard money lending equivalent from single family in the, Mm -hmm. in the commercial space. Okay. It's a very, it's a wild, wild West environment. Now there are some large players in it, but it's really there. If you buy an asset that's not stabilized, the reason it came about was if there was an asset that wasn't stabilized and to get Freddie and Fannie debt, you have to be 90% occupied for 90 days. So let's say you got an asset that's only 70% occupied. So you would get bridge debt be anywhere from 18 months to 24 months to three years um, to get the property stabilized. And then you would look to refinance with conforming debt. Well, here's the problem. Okay. People were using it because they were getting higher loan to cost and higher loan to value these last two or three years, they were overusing it in a big way. Okay. And uh, you know, like Freddie and Fannie had dropped their loan to value down to even 50% for a while. Now it's back up to about 65%, but bridge debt, you could get 75%, 70%. And so these, these guys were using this debt, but here's the problem. Very often they weren't getting caps. Uh, and, and now they've been, the bridge lenders are insisting on a rate cap where mm-hmm. like, like we were looking at a $44 million deal and the rate cap just to prevent the rate from going up more than two points was a million dollars. Okay. Oh, yeah. This was very recently. Now, there are a lot of these and they're all adjustable rate. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, so one problem is they may not have a rate cap and the rate is adjusting and, and, and it's killing their cash flow. Okay. So that's one issue. Second issue, you know, they may have not estimated a higher interest rate on their takeout financing. Mm-hmm. And so they may not be able to meet their debt service coverage requirements to be able to refinance if they want to. Okay. Cause they overpaid. I mean, I can tell you, we've bought that one asset in San Antonio last September. That's the only asset I bought uh, with my partner this last year. And, and, but we've been in best and final, you know, like the auction process they have in this space where, you know, the top five bids will get an opportunity to give their best and final offer. And we're like, they paid what, how did, how could they, I mean, is their money free? And so, you know, I'm just telling you those investors, and if you're a passive investor in one of those deals, I think you're going to have a reckoning and I hate it. And I've had passive investors reach out to me. Hey, I'm worried about this. And I, I, you should be, because I think deals are going to go South Mm -hmm. uh, and deals are going to go into receivership and there's forget returns. I mean, the returns for many of these are going to be out the window, but it's hopefully they can conserve the the actual capital investment. But, Mm -hmm. and and then, you know, some of these operators, I'd be, I'd get these offering memorandum, not, I'm sorry, like a slide deck from a, prospective offer uh mm-hmm. operator and i they, they would double the rents the first year i'm like really no that's not realistic that's not going to happen and and or you'd see big rent increases every year for five years like like anywhere from seven to twelve percent that's not going to happen certainly not through this recession rents are going to stabilize i promise you and they've gone crazy these last couple of years i mean we've seen i'm mean, austin what 25 percent. what did they do in one year Insane numbers. Yeah, no, but but there's so much free money that's pumping that up too. Right. Well, and so here's the other problem. The Fed has said they're going to do quantitative easing. What does that mean? So the Fed is the largest owner of CMBS 
debt for Fannie and Freddie. They have like $2.3 trillion worth of that debt. They have said they are going to become a net seller instead of a net buyer. When that happens, it's going to dry up that market. So I'm telling you, the biggest issue up to this point has been finding deals. Mm -hmm. Now the biggest issue is finding the money for deals. Like we've got in the last week, we've put two deals under contract. Again, this is the first time in a year that we've done this and they're screaming deals. I've got a small one in, uh, in Hot Springs, Arkansas, it's only a, a $7 million deal. I'm paying $51,000 a door, less than $51,000 wow. a door. And I mean, there's a Starbucks a mile away. I'm to give wow. you an idea. It's not like some hood, okay? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, screaming deal, that's one. Uh, and then we just got another one in Nashville. Oh my God, gorgeous. And, and we're going to put long-term fixed rate debt on these assets, not adjustable rate debt. But these bridge guys, the guys that did bridge debt, you know, there's going to be a reckoning and and there's going to be opportunity. And this is what I'm talking about here. And so, you know, at the very least, that's going to happen. OK, if it's worse than that, and I think it could be worse than that, there's going to be other deals that go south as well, because so many of these guys overpaid. Um, again, just just there was a that fervor. It felt like 2006 the last couple of years to me. So I don't know if I answered your question, but I I, I really believe there's going to be opportunity. No, you did. And and if I'm if I say anything incorrectly, absolutely correct me. But you know, so what, what Rod's talking about is people bought with adjust adjustable rate debt and mm-hmm. they didn't have a cap on how high the interest rates could go. And then and then this and they overpaid. Too- and they overpaid. Well, so yeah. they were tight anyway. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, you know, very tight on and, and very I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt, buddy. Apologize. Oh, uh, they also, you know, I so rarely see operating reserves as well. Like mm-hmm. we do six months of freaking expenses minimum on a mm-hmm. deal. Minimum. Okay. And so they didn't do operating reserves. So again, sorry, please continue. No, absolutely. <laughs> if people are trying to get deals done and they were doing these really skinny deals, assuming the interest rates weren't going to go up like they have. And now that the rates rents were exactly. and the rents aren't going to once this thing really gets ugly. I mean, look at the price of gas, look at inflation. It's insane. Yeah. And so, you know, the rents have got to stabilize because people just flat out can't afford it. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, all of that. Well, and there's there's only so much that the Fed can do to to get gas prices under control and things like that. Now you said it all right there. You said it all right there, because honestly, I'm not sure interest rate increases are going to do that much for inflation. So. I'm really not. I think we're going to get into a stagflation situation where, where inflation continues, even though the rates have gone up. Mm-hmm. So the quantitative easing, that's another story that, that, that could help, but those are the only two things in the feds tool belt. Mm-hmm. So that's why people like Kiyosaki, you know, who wrote rich dad, poor dad are saying it's going to be bigger than 2008, nine. And, you know, even if it's not that bad, I do think it's going to be worse than a lot of some of the, you know, we were at this, like I said, my mastermind, there were, there was about 6 billion represented by the members. And, and, you know, some of them think it's just going to be a blip. I don't, I think it's going to be bigger than a blip. So either way, I think everybody's in agreement that something's going to be happening here in the next few years. And you are smart to, to be educated and be conservative when you're, you're doing your underwriting or your deal analysis. For sure. So I stress test in the deal, you know, like, like, you know, these deals that we're at, you know, 65% occupied, they still break even. We're only doing 64, 65% debt on these things, you know, not 70, 75%, super conservative, six months operating reserves, you know. Um, So, by the way, if you're an accredited investor and you want to check us out, text the word partner to 72345. Uh, we, we haven't presented these deals yet, uh, but they'll be coming on pretty soon. So uh, that, that'll get you to our portal and uh, you can register and know about them because they'll, they'll subscribe fairly quickly. Um, 
but uh but yeah sure fun yeah. stuff you know kind of moving on from from the doom and gloom so if somebody's mm -hmm. looking to get into investing what is your recommendation there i know you're all multifamily okay. now do you say hey maybe start your first few small multifamily single family or is it jump straight Listen, to multi very few people jump straight to big multifamily very few one out of 50 okay mm -hmm. you know i i've had some of the largest operators on the planet on my show 20,000 doors 100,000 doors tons of them with 6 7,000 doors mm -hmm. and i always i try to always ask this question though i try to ask them cuz i know what the answer is going to almost always be and that is if you could go back and tell 18 year old self something what might it be and i know i ask it cuz i want I don't want them to hear it from me. I want them to hear it from these operators. And it's almost always go bigger, faster. So mm -hmm. let me just say that. Okay. Now, you know, if you're interested in getting into this business actively, then for God's sakes, come to Denver or, or get educated. Like right now, do not wait. That's number one. Now, even if you're going to invest passively, I would encourage you to get educated because why would you give your hard-earned money to someone if you don't understand it? Like, I got to tell you, I've been getting, I'm not kidding. I've been getting pinged by passive investors and other operators deals that are freaking out. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, distributions have stopped already, you know, things like that. And, and so, you know, get educated so you can take a look at what they present and see, you know, if they've got a clue what they're doing. And here's the other thing. Here's the other problem. Most of these big operators started in 2009, 10, and 11. Now, first of all, that's a clue, okay? That's a clue for the crash because they made they started in, in right after the crash, but they haven't gone through a crash, okay? Mm -hmm. And it's been all gravy. And, and, you know, this rising market hides a lot of operational oh, yeah. inexperience, okay? Mm -hmm. Well, that's all coming to a head. It's all going to be all hands on deck, how do you keep your tenants in so you don't have turnover? How do you keep your occupancy up and so on and so forth? And by God, you better run a tight ship. Otherwise, so there's going to be issues there as well, Jordan. Okay, mm -hmm. that's coming. Okay. And so, you know, um, there's a lot of, lot of things coming that I think are going to come to a head. And again, it's not all doom and gloom. Christ With crisis comes opportunity. Just mm -hmm. look at it like that. And, and that's how you should play this is, is the opportunity is coming. Absolutely. So. And, you know, I, I really want to, to get, get the, the question answered for people though, is, Hey, I'm, let's say I'm 21, 22, and I I've got a little bit of money. Should I strive and try to buy that, that 75 or that hundred unit, or should I go buy that duplex? Well, first of all, you, you can't do it by yourself. So you're going to sure. need to align with someone else that's done it, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, you know, there'll be dozens of those in my boot camp. but, but, but regardless, get around people that have done it. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and, and see how you can add value to that team. Maybe it's finding the deals. Maybe it's raising money. Maybe it's, being maybe you've got some project management or construction experience you can help with the asset management you know maybe it's the analysis maybe you're super analytical and you can do the underwriting but figure mm -hmm. out how you can add value playing to your strengths not trying to build your weaknesses play to your strengths and um get aligned with someone else that's doing it um and um that's what i would recommend okay that my most successful students my warriors are they're called my most successful students are the ones that are most connected in the group that connect with other warriors that truly is the secret to success your net worth is absolutely your network in the multifamily business no do you, would you agree with me jordan i think in any business your well really yeah network. yeah it's definitely but, in the multifamily business i'm just absolutely. gonna tell you yeah i've seen it time and time again
Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. So get out there, network with people. You can't do it from from behind your computer. You can't do it from a podcast. Or, or if you're super introverted and you hate that and you're analytical, then you just got to go find a team that you can say, hey, let me help you underwrite your deals, okay? Mm-hmm. And get up to speed on that. And of course, we teach that at the boot camp. But, but get up to speed on underwriting. Just figure out where you can add the value and fit into a team. And you're off to the races. And maybe you only do one or two deals with that team, and then you go off on your own, but that's how everybody starts. Nobody starts this thing on their own. So, mm-hmm. you know, and there's nothing wrong with going out and getting a fourplex or a six unit, eight unit, 10 unit. You can certainly do that on your own, but mm-hmm. to go much larger than that, you're definitely going to be in a team. And from experience, I would say probably you're going to want to keep that up a short-term thing buying that six or eight plex because the management is not fun on those. They, they don't have great management companies for those size assets. And so you're going to, you're going to run into, you know, switching management companies, managing yourself. So it's, it's consuming. And, and, and that's why, you know, if you can go larger quicker, you'll be glad you did. Um, yeah. So. hundred percent agree there. So what, What's next for you, Rod? You've done a lot. You've you've come back from losing a lot. You're running some awesome masterminds. You're running some Listen, awesome boost camp boot camps. I, Jordan Moorhead here. Really quickly, wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. I love what I do, man. I mean, I don't know if you put these on YouTube, but there's some of the hundreds of thank you cards I get from my students. You can, the whole wall behind me is covered behind my green screen, you know, and I, and, and, you know, it's just incredible to get the love that I get on a daily basis. And it's not ego, please know this, but when I tell you that I get, you know, DMs and emails and gifts and cards every single day, I'm not exaggerating. And sometimes as many as 10 a day, you know, from people whose lives have been impacted by my work and, and, um, you know, it's my, it's, I'm sure you get a lot of feedback as well for your podcast and it just, it's just awesome. And, uh, and so, you know, from next for me is just to continue what I'm doing and, 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 and I, I truly do love it. I mean, hopefully you can tell from the passion that yeah. I talk about. I don't listen, I don't get rich from your $197 freaking boot camp ticket. Okay. Trust me. I make a whole <laughs> lot more money buying one asset. Um, but, but, uh, but I love it. And I love the you know con- connectivity of it. You know, we had 800 people in Orlando in December and we're expecting not quite that many in Denver. I'd hoped for that many, but I think a lot of people are starting to fear up again, which is just so sad because, mm-hmm. you know, so much opportunity is coming. I just know it and, and exponential opportunity. And that's why, you know, Matt kind of passionate about this because again, I missed out in 08 and 09 uh, and, and I just, I'm excited this time because you know, I, I know there's going to be deals. I just know it. Yeah. And there, and there always is, but whenever there's yeah. some pain and fear and uncertainty, absolutely. I think you've got a better, yeah, better chance yeah. of finding a good deal. Rod, yeah, sure. what is, what is your favorite business or mindset book that you like to recommend to maybe your students? Well, my, my, my love language is gifts. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my students get lots of gifts. And one of them is the book, the five love languages. If you haven't read that, get oh, it. I had the author on my show, mm-hmm. you know, so some of the books that I gift are that one, a uh, Hal Elrod's miracle morning. I had him love on the Hal show. Elrod's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, the Gary Keller's one thing had Jay Papasan on my show uh, that co-wrote that. That's a great book. The slight edge is a great book. Uh, another book I gift them uh, is the turning pro, um, you know, stop being a professional, stop being an amateur and become a professional. So those are some of the books that I give my students. Um, 
uh, you know, never split the difference. Chris Voss had him on the show, the, the FBI hostage negotiator. Um, well, there's some good ones. Great ones. Yeah. And you know, we'll, we'll put all these in the show notes here, but those are all great books and the miracle morning. Absolutely. For anybody, no matter what business you're in, just starting off your day in a good mindset and in a good spot is going to lead to more success throughout the day. Yeah. I, I, he's a beautiful guy too. I mean, his life story, Hal's life story is incredible. Um, yeah, that's a definitely a great book. Yeah. Love it. So much in that book. There's so many versions of it too, where it can speak to you individually. Right. So Rod, how can people get a hold of you? Of course, you've got yeah. your, your conference. The boot camp, Rod you know, obviously, Denver. yeah, the boot camp is awesome. Uh, text Rod to 72345 and mm-hmm. just remember the code Rod Friend to get that price in 197. And it's, again, it's not a sales pitch. I talk about my coaching. If you want my coaching for about 30 minutes, okay, on one, on one day, the rest of it's all full on training. So mm-hmm. text Rod, remember Rod Friend. Go to rodslinks.com. Oops, sorry. They go to rodslinks.com and and there's tons of free books there. There's videos there. There's there's a, um, that goal setting workshop that's at the bottom. Um, so there's a lot of free resources there. But my my website is Real Estate with Rod as well. So you can you can um, uh, you can go uh, uh, there too. But uh, that's enough. My my podcast, obviously Lifetime Cashflow. I hope you'll check it out. I'm really proud of the work we do there, and there's a lot of awesome interviews. Love it. Absolutely. And we'll have all this stuff for everybody in the show notes. So absolutely reach out to Rod, go to Rod's bootcamp, Rod in Denver, and then Lifetime Cashflow is absolutely a podcast you should check out. Rod, thank you, thank you so much for coming on here today. Had a great oh, time. Oh, it's my pleasure, brother. You. And I think Likewise, buddy. very motivational for our listeners to hear this. Thanks, bud. All right. Have a great day, Rod. No, I, pr- I appreciate it, buddy. Thank you.